Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. on a post round 32 first weekend tournament Monday. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope some people's brackets are still intact. I hope they still have a chance because God, well, I'm not completely gone, but I basically need every single game to go my way to win my bracket. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Weissman and Oz on the I-95 Sports Network. Uh, just me today. Dr. Oz point 2.0. Uh, we'll not be having a show Wednesday. Steven should be back Monday. Uh, actually trying to get Jared Diamond on as well uh, for next week or, or the week after or so. So uh, we got a good show for you today. Got a lot going on in college basketball. Jonathan Hankins, Jonathan Hankins uh, see what's going on with him. And obviously JPP signing that we're going to dive into that happened on Friday as well. But let's start from last night. It was a fantastic game. Um... South Carolina, just a fantastic story. Getting into the Sweet 16 for the first time in their full history. And you got to be happy for them. And, you know, when it, when it comes to, um, it, it, you know what, it's funny because, um, you know, I got people not in the college basketball realm. I'm, I'm not so big into it e- either, aside from when the month of March comes along. They ask me, why is everyone, it's like, it, it's like you know, I, I see everyone hating on Kentucky, hating on Duke. If you don't like Duke and you don't like Kentucky, if you're not fans of those teams, they're not they're not your alma maters. You either really love them or you really hate them. There's no in between. And what a couple fantastic games that we had this weekend. Um, a lot of them gave me a lot of aggravation. But again, we'll start with last night, which I really don't have a problem with crossing this team off my Final Four list because, let's be honest, uh, Duke ever, when Duke won the ACC tournament. Everyone was on that bandwagon. Everybody was on the bandwagon. In my pool, I've seen in other pools, every, most everyone had Duke either in the Final Four, or most of them had them winning the championship. Cute and silly, right? But, you know, I, I got no problem with this going on. I, I, I don't. And now we have, it's just, it's just an odd. 316, if you ask me, it, it but that's what happens. That's what March is all about. Brackets breaking. People getting aggravated, as myself, numerous, numerous times this weekend. Right, let's just let's just dive into this. I had Wichita State beating Kentucky. Almost happened. Didn't happen. Thank you very much. Uh, that's a good uprising team, though. <laughs> They're going to give a lot of teams a lot of trouble for a number of years. URI being Oregon, URI had... A double-digit lead in that second half. Let it go. Let it get away. And Oregon ended up winning the game. Uh, Louisville. So now I got two of my final four teams out. Louisville and Duke. Obviously, Duke. I, I had no problem with because of the fact that most people hadn't won the championship. Let's dive into 
and, and last night, it, Duke and South Carolina, I didn't expect it, although I didn't expect a lot of things. I'll tell you this, I expected Michigan to push Louisville to the edge, and I, I was very afraid of them losing next game, which they ended up doing, obviously. Um, UNC was, was another scary one. Uh, Arkansas, I didn't think we'd be able to run with them. I thought Joe Barry and Meeks would just be too much for Arkansas. And that was the one game this weekend, because every single one this weekend, every single one that was close, Louisville, URI, uh, the Iowa State game from the other night that came down to the wire, Wichita State and Kentucky, every single game that was close just went the other way for me. So it was nice to see UNC, the, the team that I have as the champions, pulling through for me as they draw Butler for next round now. Uh, but this is this is a testament of March. And after the first day, we saw a lot of chalk. We saw a lot of things that people expected but also didn't expect because they expect their brackets to get broken. I know a little, uh, it's a little mind-boggling there. But, but I, I want to definitely get into how the committee had so many seeds just so, just so egregiously wrong. And we'll start. I, I already mentioned them, so let's keep in with them. Wichita State is not a 10. I mean, really, I had to watch a Cincinnati team last night that gave UCLA a little push, but I had to watch them with a six seed. Xavier, I I don't know what to make of that, honestly. Notre Dame, understandably so, fifth seed, got to the ACC tournament. Maryland did not deserve to be a six. Why they were a six, I have no idea. Um, Michigan, a seven, being on the run that they were on. Creighton being a six made no sense to me. Iowa State, uh, I, left and right, Florida, I understand they're in 316 now, but uh, I feel bad for teams like Wichita State and for teams like, uh, you know, Wisconsin's there, or I feel bad for Villanova. I have Villanova, committee didn't do them any favors. Wisconsin was no, by any means, not an eight seed. They lost in a, the, the difference between the Big Ten tournament was them being a four and them being an eight. It's ridiculous. It, they take the committee takes too much stock into the ACC tournament. People take too much stock into into uh, winning tournaments in general. And let's be honest. Duke wins the ACC tournament, move them up to a two. Look what happened. Everyone has them win the championship. There's no regrets with this stuff. And this is what March is all about. So it's nice to see some. Teams, Cinderella's essentially, South Carolina. If you want to call Wisconsin and Michigan Cinderella's, I guess you can. Xavier, who all I heard was that they lost their best player and they hadn't been the same. What do they do? Go out and beat a Maryland team handily. They only won by 11, but it wasn't that close. And they go out and demolish an FSU team. Again, FSU was a 3. Wichita State was a 10. It, it, none of it made sense to me. So, But good for South Carolina. Good for Xavier. So let's see how many... Uh, well, we have we have one double-digit seed, which is uh, Xavier, and then you got I guess you want to call them Cinderellas, Wisconsin, Michigan. I think the real only true Cinderellas are, are, are Xavier and South Carolina. This is what I need to happen. I know I, I talk about myself a lot, don't I? This is what I need to happen for me to win my bracket. Let's just go over this, okay? <laughs> I need West Virginia to beat Gonzaga, Arizona to beat Xavier, UCLA to beat Kentucky, UNC to beat Butler, right? 
I then need UNC to beat UCLA and Arizona. I need them both to go to the Final Four. Okay? Everything's fine there, right? Here's where the tricky part comes to play. Kansas needs to win this game this weekend and then lose in the Elite Eight to whoever they would play in Oregon or Michigan. I need Michigan to beat Oregon. If any of these things don't happen, they all have to happen. And then he's South Carolina to beat Baylor, and I believe no one really had Wisconsin or Florida, so I don't think that game. I, let's just have Wisconsin just in case. So then I, therefore, I need <clears throat> Michigan. Basically, I need Michigan in the Final Four, and I need Wisconsin or South Carolina in the Final Four, and then I need one of them to beat. Please, just please beat Arizona for me and UNC. Just please go on to win a championship. So I need a hundred percent from here on out. I guess you can consider me done, but I still have a reason to watch. Great. Um, the people who have, I, they just completely guess. I mean, let's just be honest. You don't have to know anything. I mean, look what happened this weekend. We saw two teams, three teams this weekend. Uh, if you want to consider Louisville a, a team that people expected to go all the way, three teams this weekend that were expected to at least get to the Elite Eight or the Final Four go down in, in close fashion. And Duke, let's be honest, I mean, people expected maybe a slight collapse by South Carolina because it's Duke. They would have came back. Shushesky magic. But South Carolina prevailed. It would have been nice to see a South Carolina-USC matchup because of those two teams haven't been, USC hadn't been in uh, in 13 years and South Carolina obviously has never been. And, and, and you or I, they blew that game last night. It aggravated me. Oregon, without their center, it, you know, it was going to be tough, and obviously it was. I don't think they get through Michigan in this round. And I, Butler and UNC should be a good matchup. After all, I saw UNC cannot play the way that they did last uh, the other yesterday, last night rather. If they do, they're going to be knocked out of this tournament. And UCLA, Kentucky is going to be the best game of the weekend. A rematch back from November when, when UCLA beat them, 96-92. Should be fun. West Virginia is no one that could sleep on this. An underdog to get to the championship game, get to the Final Four. Arizona, to me, they got no excuse. They have no... It's very clear they're in the easiest bracket. They're in the weakest bracket of the entire, uh, of entire March Madness. It's very clear to me. Because you have either a Gonzaga team that's not exactly strong or a West Virginia team that has their flaws. Oh, you have a Xavier team that that still doesn't have their best player and play two teams that probably shouldn't have been seeded as high as they were. So to me, Arizona has no excuses. Kansas, same thing. They should have no excuses to get into the Final Four. Purdue's a good team. Swanigan's one of the best players in the country. But you should beat Purdue. There's too much talent on that team. Josh Jackson, Frank Mason Jr., the guard player should demolish Purdue. There's no reason that Kansas should not get there. There's no, UNC's a little tougher. I mean, you know, everything I expect to happen aside from Wichita State getting to the Sweet 16 and Seton Hall beating Arkansas. I mean, we've, it's it's the one, two, three, and four. So it, either way, this is the consensual thing that could have happened for UNC. It's going to be tough. They have the toughest road, in my opinion, of the remaining top seeds to get there. 
Arizona has the easiest Kansas right there with them. Wisconsin, Florida, Baylor, South Carolina, that side of the bracket should be interesting. We shall soon see. I can't wait for Thursday. It's coming. And it's going to be fun. You know why? Because it's March. i got to get into a Sweet 16 bracket. I, I mean, I always like those. It's always kind of fun. Um, we'll get back into the tournament a little bit later. Maybe we even do some Sweet 16 picks. Uh, for, oh, first and foremost, obviously, um, just after the show, tune in to uh, or wait for the S&D podcast SoundCloud to come out because we're going to be doing a charity event. Um, the Weissman and Oz page is, um, if you guys go and just give a click on the link, we'll mention, mention it throughout the show again. Give a click on the link for the S&D Podcast SoundCloud channel for Weston and Oz, and every viewer that we get, Weston and Oz and S&D Podcast, will donate a dollar to uh, the American Cancer Society. So it's a great cause. If you know anyone's ever had cancer, you know that this is a great thing that uh, the money needs to be funded, and we will be funding. Uh, we will be funding for every view and every click that we get. So uh, we mentioned that again. I'll put posts out there. So just uh, please. You know, do the right thing. Be a good person. You give us a view and give a dollar to to, uh, to charity. So, all right, let's dive into JPP because I'm I'm trying to get into this as much as I want to talk about the March Madness. Um, we'll get back into it in the second half of the show. So I'm sitting. First of all, let me tell you about my weekend. Oh my god. So my girlfriend and I want to go see Get Out. Right, fantastic movie. I heard 100% Rotten Tomatoes. Not easy to do. So we're morning movie people. You know, I like getting my breakfast, walking in with my cup of joe, paying half price for movie tickets. I don't mind. I don't mind getting up in the morning. The, the lady, the lady friend's a little bit different. She's not exact. She's the type. She'll like to sleep in. I'll call her at two o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes I'll be waking her up. Right. So I feel bad that she's getting up and uh, and coming to this movie. She wants to go see it, and she she actually likes to see movies in the morning. It's the only things that she'll get up for, for besides school. But besides the point, uh, to get to the point, uh, we see a 9:35 movie over at Levittown. Movie's not there. When we get there, I was very aggravated. Again, I felt bad for making her get up. I say, um, all right, we'll get two tickets for Beauty and the Beast. Uh, little did I remember, and she remembers everything. Forget it. Little did I remember, she uh, brought up the fact that I said the night before I would never see that movie if you had to uh, put my dead body in there. Although I heard it was very good, but uh, she was very understanding. One of her the tickets went to go see a movie somewhere else, but very aggravating. And I sit down into my seat, and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. I forget to turn it off, turn it on silent. The sound that it makes her Twitter, whatever it is. Jordan Rana, Kimberly Jones. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, I'm like, all right, what's going on here? I see JPP is expected to resign, which the final numbers, and I'll get them up for you. I believe it was, uh, I know the, the most important thing, four years and $40 million guaranteed, I believe it was 65. So around $17 million per year. But the way the contract is structured out, he will be getting paid $7.5 million this year. So, the, so all of a sudden, the Giants have $10 million coming out of the rear end. This is great. So, 
And then all of a sudden, what happens? <laughs> it can't go without drama, right, everyone? Jason Pierre-Paul starts tweeting out that he didn't sign anything. This is the New York media. I was worth $62 million to 65 so my, my memory is a little bit off there. Um, he says it's, uh, it, it's, there's the New York media. Great. So eventually he posts on Instagram. He signed the contract. The point being, he's here long term now, and his cap hit for this year is $7.5 million. The Giants all of a sudden have $10 million to play with. I can think of one thing to do with it. Jonathan Hankins. 24 years old, run stuffer, and good for JPP. Um, I see people that are really not too fond of the move. I, I wouldn't know why. Um, you can't keep Olivier Vernon as the only uh, as the only pass rusher. You got to protect Olivier Vernon to some uh, some extent. And one thing that cannot happen is Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon being one and two on snaps played as defensive linemen. That can't happen again. You saw it take a toll on JPP with the whole back surgery. Now, did it go? Was it the reason for it? I'm sure it wasn't the main reason for it, but it had something to do with it. All those snaps being played. All of a sudden, Romeo Laquara comes in, plays well for JPP. Uh, I gotta see what they're doing with Kerry Wynn. Maybe they draft another couple of pass rushers to rotate in. Maybe Uwa Oziggy Dua, the prospect out of UCLA, comes up and finally plays well. A guy who's had a lot of talent, but really, what was the knock on him? He can't stay healthy as he hasn't the last couple of years, third-round pick from a couple of years ago. But this is this is it for JPP. I mean, this is a big contract he's been waiting for, and Jonathan Hankins is trying to get his. And all I've been seeing the last couple of days, he wants more than $10 million a year. And Jonathan Hankins has to come back down to earth. Because if someone wanted to give him $10 million a year, over $10 million a year, it would have happened already. You know, you know Ben Logan, D-tackle, signed with the Chiefs, got eight. Um, Ontario Poe was signed with the Falcons. He got eight. Or I believe he got seven. An extra three of incentives. These are two guys who have done more, proved more, Jonathan Hankins. You're a good player. Two years ago, you weren't able to stay healthy, and you finally had your breakout year this year. It's time to come back down to earth. You're not worth more than $10 million a year. You're not a pass rusher. You're a nose tackle. Damian Harrison's contract last year was supposed to be the egregious one, $8 million a year. And now Jordan Ronan reports that he wants north of 12, 12, 13. Are you out of your living mind? Are you out of your damn mind? 12 to $13 million a year, you're not getting it. you got to come back down to earth. And all I'm hearing, all the reports, Ronan or Stapleton, is that he is not coming down on his offer. I'm hearing that the Giants offered around seven to seven and a half million, and that it was a solid offer from other league executives who are saying that it was an, it was a solid offer for Hankins. It's time to come back down to earth, man. I don't know how many times I gotta say it. You want to win? Fine. I'm not gonna blame him for going after as much money as he can. This might be the only big contract that he gets. Nothing is guaranteed in the NFL unless it has the word guaranteed next to it. Jason Pierre-Paul gets $65 million or $62 million. 40 of it's guaranteed. It's not only guaranteed. You get as much money as you possibly can. 
But if no one's giving it to you, what are you doing? Take the seven for four. Four years, seven million, twenty-eight million. Uh, fifteen of it will be guaranteed. Maybe seventeen of it will be guaranteed. The point being, no one's giving it to you. No one's giving you the ten. No one's giving you the twelve. No one's giving you that big five-year deal where you get JPP type money. There's a difference between a pass rusher and a nose tackle, and people nose tackles got to realize it. And people were surprised. Uh, league league officials were surprised that the defensive tackle market was not what it was. And you saw two guys who were supposed to get paid big money to have to settle for one-year deals. And Poe and, uh, and Benny Logan. So, Jonathan Hankins can wait all he wants for this big contract. It's not coming. If it was coming, someone would have given it to you right now. Now, I get it. Maybe a team gets desperate. Maybe there's an injury in training camp if it, if it lasts this long. But I wouldn't really cross my fingers, Hankins. Come back down on earth, buddy. It's not worth it. <laughs> um, with the other team that plays in that life stadium, the lesser team, I got to say something about this. According to reports, Josh McCown is interested in the Jets, and the Jets are interested back. Yikes. Um, what have I been saying for weeks? Coming up on a couple months now, you got two kids that you know nothing, and I mean nothing about. We've seen Bryce Petty in a few games. We have seen Christian Hackenberg dressed one time and didn't play. And I give the judge credit. I give the judge credit for doing what they said they were going to do. And redshirting him for the rest of the year. For the entire his entire rookie year. I give him credit for doing that. But you gotta give him time. And you know what? If Josh McCown comes and signs here and beats both of them out, well then I know I don't have anything with either of them. Because if you can't beat Josh McCown, you can't play starting quarterback for my team. It's that simple. I. Uh, if Brian Hoyer comes, or Brian Hoyer is signed already, I'm trying to think of someone else. Colin Kaepernick is still out there, although I don't think they want that uh, political stature on uh, with the team. So it's either McCown, Fitzpatrick's still out there. Do you want to go back to that boat? I wouldn't think so. This team isn't good enough to bring in a veteran quarterback to try to win. This isn't this isn't the uh, the Broncos. This is not the Seahawks defense that we're, we're talking about. This team has no weapons. A crippled Eric Decker who's coming off two surgeries. A Quincy Newnall who I like. I just don't think is the number one at this point in his career. No offensive line. No secondary. You need two corners. Two safeties. And they have done nothing. They have signed. They overpaid Kelvin Beecham. Who's a drafted out of college to be a left tackle, and he is now playing guard. Do you know why? Because he's not good at, at what he was doing before. He was not good at his previous position. That's a big deal. They need. They got a center in Wesley Johnson filled in for Nick Mangold moderately well. They got Darren Lee, first round pick last year. 
still going to develop. Looks like a nice player. Has potential to be a, a type of Ryan Shazier type linebacker from Pittsburgh. You've neglected the tight end position for the past 20 years. 20, I'm not exaggerating. They have not had a decent tight end since before I was watching. I couldn't tell you. This team, and I'm going to be nice about this, this team is a mess. The Jets are a mess. They're a dysfunctional mess. Now, I'll say this. Redskins are a bigger dysfunctional, bigger dysfunctional mess. The only reason they have a quarterback is because of the coach that they hired, who is now gone, Mike Shanahan, wanted to draft Kirk Cousins. Thought Kirk Cousins would be better at RG3. RG3 was not his decision. So guess what? Mike Shanahan was right. Do you see what's going on out in D.C.? That's dysfunctional. Cleveland? Do you see what's going on with them? That's dysfunctional. The Jets are no different. You don't know how long the leash the coach and the GM have, and you're in a rebuilding situation. You haven't had a quarterback, decent quarterback, since Chad Pennington. It's been over a decade. I would draft Watson at six. People would tend to disagree with me. I think if you have a chance to get that guy, I think that there will be a point whether he's drafted by Buffalo or that's kind of the question now. Tyrod restructure his contract, but um, San Francisco's ahead of them. I'm trying to think of a team like Arizona. God forbid I say the Giants. Cleveland drafts a guy like Deshaun Watson or Mitch Trubisky, and they're both there, and you don't take either of them, I think you'll regret that forever. Now, I, I like Watson a lot more than Trubisky. Trubisky, to me, does not enough tape on. They only started 13 games in college. Deshaun Watson went into two championship games, won one of them, and tore up an NFL-caliber defense twice. Same talent. It was improved the year that he beat them. I have a lot more confidence in Deshaun Watson than I do in Mitch Trubisky. And the other two guys that I honestly don't know too much about, Deshaun Kaiser I watched a couple times, didn't really pop off my TV screen, and Patty Mahomes I didn't watch once this year. He played on Texas Tech. I had no interest in it. You always have that guy that comes out in the middle of nowhere that scouts love. Last year with Carson Wentz, this year with Patty Mahomes. Carson Wentz worked out well, but, you know, talk of the town is that Pat Mahomes and his, uh, and the system that he played in was just ridiculous. Ridiculously hard. So, will he be able to translate to the NFL? That's the worry. And in the second half of the show, when we come back from commercial break, uh, we'll, we'll break down, um, Todd and Shea's new mock draft, because I do want to take a look at that. Uh, interesting for the Jets and the Giants. Listen, draft's coming up a month and a week. And a week from today will be a month away from the NFL draft, April 27th, and I can't wait. I really – this this is my Christmas. I played Christmas Bells two weeks ago on free agency day. I love it. I, I, I mean, I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff. So when we talk about the Jets and them drafting whoever – I mean, let's be honest. It They need a lot. They need almost every position aside from running back. So they're not drafting. Don't expect them to draft Len Fournette. 
Don't expect that. I think they should draft Deshaun Watson, but from everything I'm hearing, I wouldn't expect it either. I, I would like to see them. If they're not going to take a quarterback, I would like to see a Jamal Adams or a Marshawn Lattimore. I think those are two of the best defensive backs in the entire draft. I think Malik Hooker is in that. You could put him, safety from Ohio State, into that conversation as well. The Giants, it's got to be offensive line to me. And they have a te- they have a tendency to take the best player available. You know, when they drafted JPP, they had an abundance of, of pass rushers, but it didn't match them. Obviously, it worked out. When they had Odell Beckham, wide receiver wasn't exactly a huge need. At least it wasn't looked out that way. Obviously, that worked out. Um... Trying to think of different examples too, off the top of my head, but uh, who did they draft last season? Oh my god, uh, Eli Apple. Oh, that's another good point. I, I mean, Janoris Jenkins was signed. Dominic Rogers, Kamari was there. Cornerback didn't look like a huge need. It obviously worked out for the better. I mean, this defense is now officially elite with JPP coming back. It can be even better with Hankins. I mean, this is an exciting proposition for Giants fans. An improve what you think would be an improved offense. Hopefully, you got to address the offensive line in the draft to me, whether it's in the first or the second round, whether it's Garrett Bowles, Ryan Ramchek, Forrest Lamp, who played left tackle at Western Kentucky, but is projected as a guard in this league by scouts. Kim Robinson was one guy who was gaining traction. Right when the first uh, first few mock drafts came out, I, mean, I think they had him going top ten. Obviously, he's fallen off a bit. Some shoulder issues. Now the talk is maybe he wouldn't be able to be a left tackle, but a right tackle. Uh, left tackles are valuable in these leagues. Uh, I mean, there's not many of them that that you trust to the fullest out there. Right? You got your Joe Thomases and your Joe Staley's, but. And you're uh, Tyron Smith, but aside from that, where are they? And they don't grow on trees. So the fact that people are, are fidgeting for uh, look at look at the Broncos. Broncos have no offensive line. They got no left tackle. Seahawks got no left tackle. Jets clearly have no left tackle. They don't grow on trees. I, I, I mean, the Raiders have one. The Cowboys have one. Aside from that, what do you got? To me, not much. Uh, we're going to break down um, Tom McShay's draft 2.0, I believe it. No, no, 3.0. Tom McShay's 3, thank you. Tom McShay's 3.0 draft. Uh, break down what's going on in there. Also break down the locals, of course, too. Uh, we'll be back with you after this commercial break. This commercial is brought to you by the SMD Podcast channel. Um, if you haven't listened to them yet, you better go listen to them. Uh, you can find our stuff on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. And uh, you can find our stuff on there as well. Also, after the show, make sure you uh, you go and click on and give us a view on SoundCloud because we will be uh, donating a dollar for every view that we get. So uh, I'm telling you guys, it's a great cause, the American Cancer Society. Um, and, yeah, you give us a listen, you give them a dollar, and, you know, Weissman and Oz and the SCD podcast channel will definitely uh, will, will be uh, donating for every review that we get. So 
We'll be right back after this commercial break, and we will be breaking down McShay 3.0, going over to the locals, the Jets, and the Giants, after this uh, commercial break on the I-95 Sports Network. Bryson and Oz back with you on the I-95 Sports Network. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at SND Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at SNDPodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are, are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for our podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. And we're back here, and we have got a caller. Uh, as soon as we get back, look at that. Going to put that caller on right now. Uh, we'll go over the draft right after this. So put him on the channel. Call you on Weston and I's I-95 Sports Network. State your name. Where are you from? Hey, it's Steven from the S&D Podcast. Steven, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How's everything? Good, good. For anyone who doesn't know, Steven, obviously, of the S&D Podcast channel uh, with Vinny and Dan, and they, uh, uh, again, find their stuff on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. And uh, this is a surprise to me. I'm glad. I like surprises. Hey, um... So I was thinking about something that you guys spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to bring it up again. Um, the David Wright retirement idea with the retirement jersey. Right, and okay. I know your, I know, I know your view. You know my view. You know it's got to be a, an MLB Hall of Famer in my view. That's the way the Mets have done it. So I have a good question for you. Sure. We talked about this on our show. Carlos Beltran. Can't tell me he's not a Hall of Famer. Did the Mets retire the number 15? Uh, Steven, to me, he's been on too many teams. Uh, I mean, now it's Kansas City, Houston. I mean, who are you going to – would he go in as a Hall of Famer as a Met, you would think? You know, based on numbers, you would think it would be a Met. Years-wise, he played Kansas City and the Mets the same amount of years. They were both seven years. Number-wise, impact-wise, you got to think it would be a Met, maybe. But you could also think that he's going to go in there no cap. You think he would do? Because that's a really that's actually a good conversation to have. If he should be a hall, I, I think he's a hall of famer. Obviously, the hall of fame committee has had a tendency to snub people who people uh, obviously you would think they would get in there. But you know what? It's it's interesting to me because you know if he were to go in with a cap, who would he go? In? If he were going as a Met, I think it's a conversation you can have. I just 
uh, he's been on too many teams for me. I, I don't know. When Piazza came here, he had his his prime and his best years with the Mets. Beltron yeah, but, too, but, but what did what what did Beltron really do? I mean, Kansas City had big numbers, yeah, but he was never on any of the other teams long enough to have an impact like he did with the Mets. The thing about it, the Mets were really struggling after that 2001 World, the 2000 World Series. You bring in Carlos Beltran, that first year it's him and him and Pedro come in, they have a pretty good year. Then the next year you're bringing in uh, Delgado, you're bringing in other names. And now you're now you're the number one seed in the NL. You know, Beltran was there seven years and had an impact every year. See, no, this is the problem with me though. When you when you think of a guy, to me, you got to think of when you think David Wright. I think people are going to think the Mets, right? Outside of New York, I would assume that. But when people think Beltran, what are they going to think? That's the thing. You know, are they going to think about a guy who who tore up the cover, tore the cover off the ball with the Mets, or are they going to think about, well, obviously think about that time in 2006 when I won't go into it, or are they going to think about a guy who, let's be honest, has bounced around from team to team with the Yankees and the Giants and the Cardinals, and now he's on the Astros and he was with the Rangers. To me, I don't know, he's on too many teams. Uh, in my well, when opinion, you th- I- when you think about when you think about when the Mets trade, let's think about when the Mets traded him. It was basically a contract year. And they weren't going anywhere that year. So that was the reason he got moved to San Francisco. Leaving San Francisco was on San Francisco. He only played half a year. But most of the guys you see that are in contract years that get traded leave the place that they are for the most part. You know, every so often you get that guy or two. Um, I mean, two years in St. Louis had good numbers. He had good numbers with the Yankees. There's no argument there. Uh, He wasn't that great with Texas. That's another issue with me. If you're going to retire a guy's number, to me, I don't think he can't have any history with the Yankees. And he was good with the Yankees. I mean, it's not like he was there, what, two, three years now? Or he was he before was he got He was there three the years. I'm look, I'm, I got the baseball reference up. He was there for three years. See, to me, that's a, a problem. You brought up, and Stephen, you brought up uh, number 18, which I think, yes, absolutely, numbers-wise, he won a World Series here. The only problem with me, he's part of Yankees old timers day. I, that's a that's a really big issue with me. If I'm going to retire a guy's number, that it really it ruined things with me for for Strawberry to get his number retired. If you're part of, of Yankees old timers day, well, that's because the Yankees just bring in anybody. I mean, Graham Lloyd is part of Yankees old timers day every year. What did he really do for that team? That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, mean, I think the Yankees, conversation- Yankees just bring in anybody. If they wore pinstripes, their number's getting retired, and they're going to be brought in for all-timers day. I, that's a good point. I mean, they they do they, uh, they do bring in anyone and everyone, but I, I think it's a I think it's a conversation that's going to be honestly keep going until he retires, which I I think could be could be rather soon, sooner than people think. But Belcher, I think, is a good conversation. Yeah, go ahead. As a as a as a little plug, look out for our show this week. We're doing our baseball preview show. Um, the Astros are my like surprise team this year. I expect big things out of them. There's no reason they went out and they made the moves that they needed to make. I mean, the pitching's a little skeptical, but they're going to be able to hit the ball. Brian McCann. Um, you're going to have McCann. You're going to have Gaddis. You're going to have Beltran in the middle of that lineup, and including all those young guys who, as we know, Altuve, Carrera, Springer. Those three alone are going to be studs in this league for a long time and also one of my favorite prospects in the, all of baseball is third baseman Alex Bergman um, the kid can hit 
and the kid can field. So they're 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 a stacked team. So watch out for Houston this year. If Beltran ends up going there and winning what is surprisingly being on all these good teams that he was his first ever ring in Houston, you know, it may be time for him to hang it up at over forty years old. And and I think it would be even more of a reason to think he wouldn't go in as a Met. Uh, Steve, I just want to chime in a second. Your Astros pick. I don't think it's it's outlandish at all. They got a good young team. I, Jose Altuve is one of my favorite baseball players in the entire league. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for being a top guy. They have a good mix of young guys and, and veterans with Beltron and McCann and leadership. Um, George Springer is a fantastic guy. The only two things that would worry me, the rotation outside of Keiko and the back of the bullpen, because Giles was brought here and they gave up a lot to get him, was brought here to be the closer last year and he couldn't do it. And I believe Will Harris ended up the closer after by the time that year was over. So that would be one. I mean, we saw last year, you know, with the Giants. If you if you can't have if you don't have a good bullpen, you're going to lose a lot of games late. So I think that would be one thing that would definitely worry me with that team. To be honest, that's the only thing. Well, Honestly, well, the, guy, the, the, guy, the guy I wanted the Astros to bring in, of course, got went went over to uh, went over to San Francisco and and the guy from uh, Pittsburgh from a couple years ago. But also keep in mind that the Astros have this the kid out of Cuba, Gariel, who's Gariel, yeah. moved over to first base. So this kid can hit, and they moved him over to first base so that they could keep him and Berkman here. This team's got one of the best young infields in baseball. Better, I think, could end up being better than the Cubs infield. Really? That's a... That's a hot listen. That's a hot take. You got Rizzo, you got Bryant, you got a couple guys that are in the MVP conversations with those right, guys. You could, you can argue four guys are in the MVP conversation, but if you want, but if you go based on what the future holds for their infield, Houston's got the best infield in baseball. That, that's listen, that's a hot take. take. That's a hot take. And listen, when Steven's back, we would love to. Steven, listen, you know, whenever you got time, you're always welcome on this show anytime. Thanks, uh, anytime you want, buddy. Uh, Steven, thank, thank you very much for calling in. Steven of the S&D Podcast channel, Steven Nassamowitz, definitely go check out their stuff. Their podcast comes out. I believe they do it every Wednesday night. Um, we're actually going gonna to do Tuesday this week because of uh, scheduling. So it will be out when right. our major, our 2017 baseball preview show will be out on Wednesday. Oh, fantastic. So make sure you guys go definitely go check that out uh, on either SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. So uh, thanks a lot, Steven. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Definitely. Thanks. All right. Stephen Nassamowitz of the S&D Podcast channel. we got another caller waiting online. Uh, caller, state your name. Where are you from? You're on Weiss and Oz on the I-95 Sports Network. Caller. Yo, hello? Yeah, what's up, buddy? Um, hi. Um, I have a radio show, and I was wondering, because I'm new, what's it like to run a radio show? Um, well, it's a fun time. Um, especially if you uh, if you're doing a radio show that definitely draws your interest. Obviously, uh, sports is one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you just get to talk sports for you know we do it, obviously do it on this show. Why spend an for an hour? And it's it's a great time, especially if you've got a passion for it. Yeah. Um. I, I, I only started yesterday. Okay. Okay. Well, what's your name? Uh, Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, where are you? Uh, where are you doing? Ra- where are you uh, doing radio now? Uh, from Broxford in England. Oh wow! Okay, nice. Got a call from England. That's a new. <laughs> that's a new one, Daniel. What, what's your what uh, type of radio show are you doing? Are you doing 
general news, sports, or um, just what like throwing your interest. Um, just general like music and what's what's out and stuff like this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Listen. If you have a pet Daniel, if you have a passion for radio, as all radio hosts would, um, I would say that you're gonna have a great time with it. Don't. Yeah. It's, some advice I could give you. Don't be nervous. Um, especially if you're really in depth and you have content to talk about. Um, it's gonna flow right through, and you know, you're just gonna. Especially, do you have a co-host or you do it by yourself? No, I do it by myself. I just wondered how I could get more listeners. More listeners? Um, Daniel, social media is a really, really good um, is a really good thing that luxury to have these days. Do you have Twitter or Facebook? I do, but I can't get on it where I am. Oh, really? Where, where, where is that? You don't have Wi-Fi or anything there? No, I have Wi-Fi. It's just um, work because I'm like I'm at, still at school, so I can't. They don't let us on Facebook. How old are you, Daniel? Uh, Fourteen. Okay, all right. Uh, starting young, that's a good thing, honestly. Um, Daniel, well, when you, you know what? Whenever I'm going to do you a favor, um, whenever you get a chance, whenever you get a chance to uh, use social media, um, tell them about. Um, definitely go on and follow us, Weissman and Oz. Um, follow the SND podcast channel too. Uh, we're both gonna retweet you. Uh, everyone loves everyone. Everyone loves people from England. Honestly, <laughs> I have cousins from England. Every time I bring them around, they love them. Um, so follow Weissman and Oz, and follow the SND podcast channel. We're gonna retweet you. Retweet your show. Uh, another suggestion I would have: go and make a Twitter for your show. Social like social media is such a luxury. People they even 15 years ago didn't have. So just Really utilize social media to your to your best ability. Yeah, I have really two. I have two radio stations. I've got Bovum Extra Radio and I have Milkshake Radio. Milkshake? Did you say milkshake? Yeah, Milkshake Radio. Ooh, that sounds like good to me. Uh, so, um, definitely, yeah, de- definitely the best advice I could give you: Twitter, Facebook. Twitter is very much bigger than Facebook these days, so I, I would focus on that. Yeah. So, Daniel, yeah, the best advice I can give you is just, you know, have fun with it. Get more listeners to is the best of your ability. Just um, use social media as much as you can. I know people will tell you, you know, on the phone is too much. Don't be on the phone too much. But if you want to get into the radio, radio industry, and you want to expand with it, and you want to go down that path, social media and Twitter is huge. So, uh, Daniel... Uh, Daniel, what's your name on Twitter? I'll actually go follow you right now. Um, just capital D. Okay, hang on, let me get it up there. Okay, capital D. D A N. It's capital D A N I E L. I E L. H. It's capital H. Capital H. O L S E Y. Okay. Nine, Is it nine, uh, nine, nine, eight? All right, I got you. Yeah, at the end. And then it should come up with me. All right, I followed you. Thank uh, you. Well, that's my page. I'm going to have my, um, I'm going to have my, um, person who runs our social media site, just go follow you too. SND okay. Podcast, I'm going uh, to definitely go follow them. I'll let them know to follow you. We'll both retweet you. Uh, about your shows, and we're gonna get you as much traction as we can to help you out, Daniel. Thanks. It's just I have, I have. If you want to listen, you're more than welcome to. 
Oh, of course. Oh, you definitely bet I'm gonna listen. I right, listen. Milkshake Radio. That, that actually that intrigues me very much. I'm not gonna lie. Now, what do you what do you most you said music? You talk about that? We do music and we do like news and stuff like this. Okay, great. No, I I would absolutely listen. Uh, I'm gonna retweet your. Um, let me see. I, I assume you tweet stuff about your radio show as well. Yeah, I do usually when I'm not at school. Okay, so I'm definitely just post something out. Post, you know what? Post the um, whatever you can do. The station, the link, uh, how you listen, and uh, we're gonna retweet that and and uh, get you as much traction as we possibly can. Thank you. All right, no problem, Daniel. Daniel from London. Everyone who's listening, go follow Daniel Hosley. Or how do you pronounce that? Hosley? Hosley? Hosley. Hosley. Okay, so go follow Daniel Hosley. He's from London. Uh, has a couple radio shows about music and other general stuff, so definitely go follow that. And uh, Daniel, definitely you're welcome to call up anytime and uh, and talk about your show. Thank you. I'm going to go on air now. All right, Daniel. Have fun in school, all right? Thank you. Keep grinding. Daniel Holsey uh, from uh, from London. Thank We've had callers, had callers from Canada, uh, callers from London. That was a new <laughs> caller from London. That's a new one. So uh, everyone go follow them. Um, Daniel Holsey, aspiring radio host at 14 years old. Wow, okay. Um, all right, let's get into McShay Mock. I want to definitely get into that. That came out last week. Um, right after we did our show, or I did the show, Stephen, obviously. Stephen should be back Monday. Uh, we don't, uh, have a show this Wednesday from, a for a prior commitment, prior commitment, so we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully he will be back on Monday, too. I assume that he will be. He's out and about at work. I just need that voice to, uh, get into motion. All right, Miles Garrett, Solomon Thomas, really nothing surprising until we get to four. Jacksonville taking O.J. Howard. Now, I don't think I at first in the beginning of the mock draft where it said taking Allen, taking Adams if he's there. They went and spent a lot of money on free agency the last couple of years, bringing in Barry Church, Deshaun Gibson, um, AJ Bowie. So I think offense is the right way to go. Or if you if they, I, Tom Coughlin's a smart guy. He's going to make the right decision. Um, he either trade down or I think honestly take a running back, take a take a Fournette, take a Cook, or to trade down might be the best. Thing, but the only problem is, you know, who's gonna? Is there a team out there that maybe likes one of these quarterbacks a lot more than we think? Like a team like the Jets, maybe they could move up two picks. But if you move up, there's no one taking. I mean, Tennessee is not taking them at five unless you think someone else is moving up to take them. So, I think uh, I think OJ Howard, I think is very high for a tight end. Jonathan Allen goes to five at Tennessee. Marshawn Lattimore from New York, obviously. Um, I would take Watson. <coughs> That's just my opinion, but um, the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm about to say San Diego, but I caught myself. Los Angeles Malik Hooker. That's been there for a while now. Carolina taking four nets. Who else we got here? Ruben Foster had issues with um, had issues with at the draft combine with a nurse or with the uh, with the assistants, whatever it was. Derek Barnett. Now, New Orleans has two picks in the first round after trading Brandon Cooks to New England. So we'll see where they go. McShay thinks they're going to go pass rusher. I think they should go defense for both. I mean, let's be honest. They they don't have much uh, defensively. 
Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, would be a great pick for the Browns, especially if you could get him with your second pick in the first round. Tredavious White, Arizona going with defense. Mm, I don't think secondary is the way to go with, with as many uh, as much secondary as they have with Peterson. And <coughs> Tyron Matthew coming back. Hopefully he'll be healthy as he <coughs> oh, Excuse me. Christian McCaffrey would just devastate me as a Giants fan if he were to be drafted by the Eagles. Um, to me, I, I mean, people worry about him being a guy not really be able to get in between the tackles in the NFL. The guy's a weapon. I mean, he, did you see him in the combine? He was running routes like a wide receiver. The guy's a weapon. Very shifty, very versatile, and, and he can scare me. <coughs> and that's the first, uh, second running back off the board. I'm curious to see where Cook goes. Forrest Lamp, a guy where, with Giant fans, Western Kentucky, trend, uh, saying he's going to be a guard in the NFL, which scared me a little bit for the fact that I, I would like Laura Forrest Lamp on this team. The kid from Washington, John Ross, going to Baltimore. Give Flacco another weapon. Uh, McShay has Dalvin Cook going to the Redskins. I think it would be a good move for Washington because, you know, Chris Kelly, I think was the guy's name, or, or, or Sean or Click Kelly. I <coughs> Rob Kelly. Rob Kelly was the name. I have Tulane, seventh-round pick or undrafted free agent. I have Tulane, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not really doing it for me if, if it's from a Redskins perspective. <coughs> okay. Mike Williams going to Tennessee. I think the right move would be bringing a wide receiver. Um, David Njoku. Okay, wow. I have him going the first round. Uh, you know, <coughs> Cameron Brake. As I prevent myself from choking. Uh, <coughs> all right, I'm good. Cameron Brake. Um. Had a good year last year, 660 yards and getting a stab. Yes, yeah, 616 and eight touchdowns. As everyone's wondering if I will end this show alive, but 668 touchdowns. Njoku's a physical freak of nature, though, is what they're saying. Had a great combine. Um, we'll clearly see what go, what's going on with uh, with that, but I, I think. If Dallin Cook would have been there, it would have been the right move. I think improve that defense, though, even more. I think they're set on tight end and offensive weapons or even offensive linemen. Garrett Bowles going to Denver. No no surprise there that they're taking an offensive lineman. Charles Harris. Um, Charles Harris from Missouri, defensive end. Uh, Hassan Reddick, linebacker, going to Miami. All right, here we go. Here's the Giants. Brian Ramchick offensive tackle. Now, this is a problem. Will, you know, and I'm looking at the description that McShay's bringing out here, and the last sentence said the Giants had problems at left tackle last year. Can he play left tackle? That's the only problem that I have. Um, obviously, it would be, a, it would be a tough call to say, you know, draft this kid who, let's be honest, <coughs> I hear reports coming out. That maybe, you know, he didn't want to play football anymore and he, you know, he played, you know, senior year. Maybe he wouldn't want to go into the draft. That, that was some rumblings. I, I assume it was just rumors. Uh, hashtag fake news. So, but obviously we don't know that. But the only problem I would have is putting a left tackle and putting a rookie as your left tackle. It really wouldn't bode well with me. Although, <clears throat> I don't know if you're going to have a better option between him and Flowers. So, Kevin King, cornerback out of Washington, getting drafted by the Raiders. Definitely got to go all defense. 
Um, this is a problem I have with the combine. You know, I'm really, Florida's cheese taper, who is, let's be honest, could have gone anywhere from 15 to <coughs> around here, like 20, the late 20s, right? But he runs a slow 40, so he's gonna, he's gonna drop down. Give me a break. Mitch Trubisky, they have him going to Houston. They obviously said that they're comfortable with Tom Savage. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Tony Roma. We still haven't seen what's going on with that. On that end, Malik McDowell, defensive tackle, a guy maybe the Giants could look at if Jonathan Hankins does not return or, or someone gives him the egregious amount of money that um, that they said that he said he wants, him and his team said that he wants. Alvin Kamara, the running back at Tennessee, this draft is just loaded with two running backs. Um, so everyone who wants to take the Giants take a running back, first of all, there might not be one worth of a first-round pick when we get there. Taco Charlton, a guy I, I wouldn't mind the Giants picking either. Uh, load up with pass rushers. I said it before. When you look at snaps played by defensive ends last year, uh, Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul were right at the top. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul was either one or two before he got hurt. So that definitely they need to uh, they need to add a few pass rushers or pass rusher or two in this draft if they're not going to already by the time the free agency period is over to Karis McKinley, uh, Pittsburgh, Garen Conley, this guy's uh, ran a 4.44 at the 40, or at his 40, so um, obviously he's going to go rise up. Uh, who else we got here? Cam Robinson, offensive lineman, Alabama, to Atlanta, and the Saints, Quincy drafting Quincy Wilson out of, uh, out of Florida with that Patriots pick. So, Really, a couple things I I kind of didn't expect, but the Giants taking an offensive lineman is something that they kind of have to do. Now, I don't think they're they're if there's a Cook, Dalvin Cook there, if there's a McCaffrey there, if there's a guy that you didn't expect to be there, you're gonna take him. If you don't take an offensive lineman just to take an offensive lineman, it, it, to me that's the wrong move. But you know, if a Ramchick's there. If a Bowles is there, who people are kind of iffy about, you know, what his age is at now, 25 years old. I, I wouldn't mind that, you know, honestly. Guy probably, let's be honest, is a couple years more older that you're going to make him more mature. Or you assume that he'd be more mature. I mean, you, you want to look at maturity, you look at Ezekiel Elliott at 21 years old and the things that he's been doing. So uh, I wouldn't mind having an older guy. I think it may uh, a little bit more maturity brought into that locker room if you brought in a guy who was, you know, 21 or 22 or whatever. Um, and the Jets, again, I said it, I would take Watson. Maybe this is the year they trade down if they don't love what's there. If Jamal Adams is gone or Lattimore is gone or an Allen is gone. Um, Jonathan Allen, let me see who they, where he ended up going. Corey Davis going to Buffalo. I don't know if I read that off, actually. Um, where do they have Jonathan? They had Jonathan Allen going five to Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is in such a driver's seat. They have two first-round picks. One of them is a top-five pick. Uh, I mean, you could do whatever. You could do. You could go in a number of different directions if you want. You got a running game. I, mean, I think we should trade down because I think the wide receiver, either Mike Williams or Corey Davis, take either one of them. Although that Big Shea is projecting for Davis to be there, or excuse me, not Davis Williams to be there by the time. Uh, by the time they get to the 18th pick, so I mean, not a lot to uh, not a lot to dive into, honestly. The biggest surprise to me, to me, is OJ Howard going 14. I, I really don't think that's gonna happen. 
I mean, I get it. He's a weapon. But fourth overall pick is a tight end. I mean, how many times have we seen tight ends go in the second, third, fourth round? And they've been great. I mean, they've been more than what you expect. So to me, come on, tight end's a little, little far-fetched at fourth overall. And to me, it's not just, it's just, it's just not Tom Coughlin's MO to take a tight end that early. But I see where they're coming from going offense because they, um, because obviously they, they loaded up on defense the last two years. I mean, the, the defense, if you look on, Oh, Calais Campbell, I forgot about that one. Uh, you know, defensive end out of, from Arizona, they added him too. I mean, you got the pass rushers to Fowler and Campbell. And, um, the, uh, a kid with an interesting name whose name I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, you got the secondary stacked up with Church, Gibson, Boue, Jalen Ramsey is a name I forgot to mention. I mean, he did, he was fantastic last year. I thought there was a chance he should have been defensive rookie of the year. I just don't think the team was good enough last year. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. A week from today, next Monday, we'll be doing the show, and I will tell you that there was a month away from the draft. So um, that wraps up our show. Definitely look out for our SoundCloud our SoundCloud uh, podcast that's going to come up from the, via the S&D podcast channel. We will definitely be um, – if you go ahead, get, you go ahead, give us a click for every view this week. We're going to be donating a dollar for every view uh, that we get on SoundCloud. So please go off. The American Cancer Society is a great charity. Uh, it's a really good cause. If you knew known anyone who's ever had cancer, uh, I know I haven't, but Stephen has, and it's a great cause and it's really worth it. It's only just just got to click on the view. You're not even giving your view gives them a dollar. We will be donating a dollar for every view. So please, 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 I will put it on. Twitter, Facebook, please go, uh, please go click. So, because a click equals a, a donate. So that's our show. Uh, no show on Wednesday will be, uh, you know, prior commitment, uh, school midterms. I mean, you know, you know, gotta get, gotta get there somehow, right? So, uh, we'll be back on Monday. Steven should be back on Monday. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe Jared Diamond of Wall Street Journal will be on the show on Wednesday. Uh, he said he is available that day. We should be able to take that day. So hopefully that's something exciting to do. And we do plan on doing our MLB preview. As, uh, Steven did it. Steven of Nassam went to this and the podcast channel did it this week. And we will, um, uh, we would likely be doing it next week featuring hopefully Jared Diamond, but we will, uh, uh I don't want to tease you guys too much. So, uh, everyone have a great day. Um, again, please look out for the, uh, the, um, SoundCloud and we will, uh, be donating a dollar for a review. So everyone have a great day and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great week. SND, uh, excuse me, the, if you, uh, if you were listening to the podcast, the commercial was brought to you by the SND podcast. If you want to listen to the, the, um, if you want to listen to the podcast right now, just go on the Zeno, uh, Zeno radio, click on recorded episodes, then you can listen to it. Right now, if you missed anything that you want that you missed, also go follow our uh, one of our biggest fans, Daniel Holsey from London. Uh, uh, he's an aspiring radio host, and he's trying to get out there. If you're interested in music, go listen to him too. So, uh, have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Weissman and I on the i ninety five Sports Network. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! 
you got to snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, Hefty, Hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, Happy, Happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, Hefty, Hefty!